Are you looking for a pair of sunglasses that are as about a good time as we are here at the corner booth? Well, look no further. Yeats official sunglasses are polarized, stylish, and fit any occasion. All of us here at the corner booth, we each got a pair. We're rocking right now in studio. You want yours? Go to yeatsofficial.com, promo code cornerbooth for 10% off, and get your pair now. My personal recommendation, the Aquas, always fly as hell. Enjoy it. Yeats Official, official sponsor of the Corner Booth Podcast. You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my co-host and right-hand man and happy Jets fan, mm-hmm. Mr. Matt Ardazzo. And joining us, we're going to call him Intern Mason because we don't know how long he'll be here, but he's here for a good time, not a long time. Mason, of course, is a student at the University of Oklahoma. Go Sooners. And um, he's a friend of our friend of the show, Grayson. So, uh we wanted to make sure Mason gets a warm welcome into Mason. Welcome, buddy. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad to, uh, yeah, I mean, happy to happy to come off the weekend with a win for the Sooners. And, uh, yeah, happy to be here. You know what? It was so funny. I picked the Sooners to win, but I bet on the Sooners to lose because I said, screw it either way, I'm getting a sub. <laughs> Oh, yeah. If you were here a few weeks ago, we had an episode where we suck at gambling. So that's just exhibit well, A. After this week, it's come kind of back to it. Like, holy fuck, this weekend was terrible. We'll talk about the six pack in a little while. We have a crazy show. We have top 10 movies. And this one I've really struggled with. I have eight in my list right now. I need two more. And I'm literally, ha- I literally have a trilogy in here. And I'm still like, <laughs> I'm still struggling. Is it so Toy Story? It's, it's gonna be a fun. No, I, oh fuck no. <laughs> oh man. Uh, either way, um, let's get it started. My football's tonight. Broncos country. Let's ride. Yeah. Takes on Justin Herbert and the underappreciated, underperforming, underwhelming, and just kind of just they just kind of just suck. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Football in Los Angeles is just a meme this year. I've, I, I was talking to a guy today, one of the listeners of the show, but one of the older guys in my gym who likes to listen. He um, He's a Raiders fan, but we were talking about how it's kind of like a football renaissance in New York right now. But L.A. was supposed to be like, oh, all the teams are moving to L.A. This is going to be great. But it's New York with the two original, 30 te- original 20 teams. That's doing the work and playing well. Like the Jets and Giants are phenomenal. So we'll talk about that more later, obviously, but like the Los Angeles Chargers right now have so much talent, have so many guys on that team from top to bottom and yet are underwhelming. Justin Herbert's running first life. I think the other thing is to me, I think Brandon Staley is I, I'm going to say this right now. I am not a fan of these offensive wizard head coaches. I have stated it since before Matt even got on the show. Kevin and formerly my old intern, Samir, JD, my old co-host, they all heard this. Because I like guys like Nick Sirianni, Dan Campbell. I will put Sean McVay in this because Sean McVay is a rah-rah guy. I need a little rah-rah. You can't just be an offensive nerd and be closed off. That's why Kyle Shanahan's never going to win a title. 
At least his dad had some fire. Kyle literally looks like that guy who literally is going to snitch on you to the bouncer and then yell at you as you're getting thrown out by the two stronger guys. That's what I look at. My, I look at Kyle Shanahan like that, or he's the guy at the country club who files a complaint because you celebrate after hitting a 300 yard bomb down the fairway. It's it's like one of those things. He's one of those dudes to me. And same thing with um, Brandon Staley, who I swear to God, listen, there's listen. I love going for and fourth down. I grew up in a Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, and now Nick Sirianni school of fuck it, let's go for it. Okay, I think I, in my Madden franchise that I played for 28 seasons during COVID with my friends, I punted a grand total of 80 times over 28 seasons. That should tell you how little I value punting. Even though punters are amazing athletes and amazing humans, in football, it's sometimes just not good unless the other team's got a better uh, – unless your defense is balling out and you can't score. I digress. Sometimes, dude, just punt it. Put it down – in their bu- in the corner and ice them. If your defense, you believe in them, you should be able to stop. Even a shit defense, like the Arizona Cardinals, if you punt and put them in a the corner, there's a reasonable chance one of your edge rushers is getting home to make a play and run the clock out. Look at the Giants against the Ravens this weekend, where you have Lamar Jackson pinned in his own inside of his own forty strip sack. Then you had the before that on the drive, you had the Julian Love interception. And you are literally looking at teams relying on their punting and their defense to make stops to set up for their offense instead of thinking, oh, the offense has to be the focal point for everything. Yes, you have a top 10 talent wise quarterback, but and a top 10 running back and a top 20 receiving core. But here's the problem it doesn't mean shit if you're playing with one hand tied behind your back by screwing yourself. So, and then on the other side of the ball, you have literally the most inept offensive system I've ever fucking seen. Javante Williams may have been done a favor by tearing his ACL because at least he doesn't have to deal with Russell Wilson's d- stupid shit. I swear. I, I've never been a Russell Wilson guy ever since they won the Super Bowl and like he started becoming Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Unlimited. Now, I, I can't stand that fake-ass shit. That corny-ass persona he puts up, I don't like it. Like the like the the fucking Jesus thing in the middle of the field while he's warming up. Yeah, that was like, weird. Like, give me a guy like Jalen Hurts who's literally trying to lower a shoulder through a defender, or guys like um Tom Brady who do that cheesy ass ah and yell and shit. At least it's authentic. I like guys who are authentic. Lamar Jackson, Mike Vick, these dudes, uh, even Peyton Manning. The routine was the same. There was nothing for show. Even Dak with his little hip twitch, right? Like, that shit's real. He believes it works. And listen, Dak's a decent quarterback. It fucking works for him. I just don't like Ross. I think the Broncos aren't buying his shit. And I think, like, Pete Carroll, Allah, and DK, uh, I think DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett should be given, like, bronze stars of valor for what they've done to resurrect Geno Smith's career. And keep Russell Wilson for, to get paid. Because right now, Russell has Jerry Judy, who's a solid receiver. He's a he's a number two on, I think, I'd say 60% of teams in the NFL right now. He's a solid number two. I mean, obviously, you're not in Kansas City or Philadelphia, Buffalo, or Seattle. But, like, you know, he's going to have be a decent, a decent number two in some teams. Definitely in the New York Giants, because they basically are throwing to lawn chairs and deck furniture. But... <laughs> and Wandell Robinson. <laughs> but my biggest thing is with this team is that this game tonight, 
either is going to be an absolute blowout or the Chargers are going to let them score. And this game is going to be fucking awesome. But there's going to be some points scored tonight. There, This will not be last Thursday night football where it literally came down to Matt Ryan versus Russell in the interception bowl. But, Matt, what do you think? I've just gone a five-minute rant about this shit. I, I could be in the minority in this. I don't know what you guys think. I personally think the Chargers jumped the gun on the Anthony Lynn fire. I'm not a Brandon Staley fan. Um, I I think Brandon Staley should go look at Jason Garrett and just think, all right, well, all of these, you know, let's go for it on these fourth downs. They don't work all the time. Like Jason Garrett took risks, but how, what did that do for him? He's not in the NFL. He hasn't been a head coach in like three or four years or however long it's been. And he didn't have a lot of success in Dallas. He had playoff appearances, but they never went anywhere. So Brandon Staley has to look at that and be like, all right, that could be my future right there. But the defense is disappointing. I mean, you add J.C. Jackson to that secondary, Derwin James. You pair Joey Boza up with Khalil Mack. And it's not getting it done. I'm looking at the stats. The defense gave up 19 points to the Raiders week one, 27 to the Chiefs, 38 to the Chargers, 24 to the Texans, and 28 to the Browns. Defense is not good. Offense is putting up points. They're putting up 30-something points a week pretty much, it seems like. Um, but it's it's just not getting it done. And I'm I'm honestly kind of tired of seeing the Chargers be that three-and-two middle-of-the-pack team. Like, they're – on paper, they have a fantastic roster. They've got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. they got Austin Eckler, Justin Herbert, like you said. It's like a top-10 football um, quarterback in the league right now. That offensive line last year was middle-of-the-packed. And I mean, Rashawn Slater being out really does affect them pretty much. And you've seen, you know, firsthand how much that can affect them right now. Then you go on the flip side. The Broncos are so bad that Matt Ryan was celebrating that like 12 to 10 victory over them a few weeks ago. And I just couldn't believe it. I was like, dude, come on. You barely beat Nathaniel Hackett's Browns. But ever since I saw Russ do that whole Jesus thing in the middle of the field, where he had his hands up in the air, like you were saying, I was like, this guy is full of himself. He's feeling himself a little too much. He's cocky, and he does not have the play to back it up. Then I thought it was kind of interesting because not too long ago, I heard Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch say that they have to go through Russell Wilson's manager just to contact him. They, they don't have his personal cell number. They got to go through his manager, then get into contact with him, which means to me, this is this guy is just too big for his bridges. He probably thinks of himself too highly outside of the NFL and in the NFL to where you can say I'm Russell, I'm Russell Wilson, but bro, you're like two and three going to be two and four after tonight. I am honestly expecting this game to be very lopsided. I'm going to say 34 to 10, 34, 10, 34, 13. I don't see the, the Broncos getting more than maybe 13 points in this game, just off of the way that they played. And the Chargers are probably one of the best teams that they've played so far this season. So I'm expecting this to be very lopsided. I'm expecting the Chargers to be four and two at the end of this year. Um, honestly, the Chargers, they should be probably 4-1 and one right now. They should have beaten the Jaguars a few weeks ago, even though Justin Herbert was hurt. They probably should have played a healthier backup quarterback like Chase Daniels. But they're at their hour where they are right now, and I think they're going to be 4-2 and two by the end of the tonight. Well, Mason, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, so I think the 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 story of the of the season for the Chargers has been injuries, right? You know, J.C. Jackson going down early. Well, I mean, J.C. Jackson began the year injured. Uh, you know, Rashawn Slater, probably your best lineman, uh, you know, out for the season. Um, 
you know, Keenan Allen obviously has missed a couple games. So, you know, when you don't have your best playmakers on the field, you know, you're, you're definitely limited in what you can do, especially in, you know, a tough division like the AFC West. So, you know, who knows how healthy Herbert is after the, the rib thing, you know, I'm sure that is sort of like a, an injury that's going to linger, right? You know, that's not going to heal up very quickly, especially when he's just going to, you know, continue to play through it. Um, and then I think you look on the flip side with the Broncos, you know, the defense has definitely been a point of, you know, optimism for the team, for sure. Uh, I want to say they're top five in pass defense. I'm not sure about run. But, but the pass defense has been very good for them. Um, but, you know, obviously the, the offense has been, you know, awful. It, it's been awful. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know what to make of the Russell Wilson shoulder injury thing. You know, that came out a couple weeks ago. And, you know, yeah, I, I, that, that could be sort of something that the Broncos are putting out just to kind of – shield Russell from the sort of bombardment of, you know, hate that he's gotten because so much was kind of expected of this Broncos team coming into the season. Um, and so I don't know if it's real, if it's really limiting him, you know, well then, Hey, that's kind of, you know, what you can expect. Uh, you know, that, that's sort of, you know, given the results, maybe that can tell you the story of why they've been so unsuccessful this year, right? Um, obviously, the Javante injury is is major for them. I think a lot of people thought he was going to, you know, kind of take off this year after a really sort of promising season last year. And, you know, they're going to be without him for the rest of the year. So, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like this this is probably going to be a blowout. You know, if, if Eckler can run the ball pretty well and uh, Herbert is kind of back to what we all kind of know as the as the gunslinger, huge arm type guy, you know, I think this could this could get out of hand pretty quickly. All right. Well, listen, you might be on a point here because I always find it convenient. Whenever Russ starts really struggling – there's always some injury that gets floated out in the media, and it's like, sure, all right, I get it, but like, there's banged. Like, yes, I watch Hurts take a shot to the rib cage from Micah Parsons at full speed, and I'm like, I watch him like walk like this to the sideline, like all hunched over. For those who are not like watching our video, which nobody is, and I'm just saying to myself, that's toughness. Dude literally gets up next play, throws a 30 yard dart, almost gets picked off, obviously. But he still like stepped up and threw it without complaining. He isn't like like he just missed a game last year against the Jets for an ankle injury, but he tried to play through it as long as possible. I think Russ is all show no go at this point. To use the uh, the 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 the, uh, the the phrase, sure, all show no go at this point, and I think it's become the he's become a clown. He has become a literal meme. Where you know we like to make fun of Brady and Manning and Eli. And all these, and Mike Vick and Aaron Rodgers, all these guys from our childhood and from when we were growing up, there's some now still. Like Brady, who just won't fucking retire. But they at least, it was genuine everything they did. This comes back to Russ trying to coattail and perfect his image and be this like, almost like, and he's become a meme. And it's, I think it's why like everyone's just kind of out on Russ unless you're a Russ guy. So, 
my next question to you guys is, well, one, obviously, Matt picked a score. I have the Chargers 35-10 to 10 as the final score. Mason, what do you think the score will be tonight? We'll move on to NF college ball. Yeah, so the so the line, I believe, is Chargers minus four. Um, slam that line all day. Yeah, so, so I feel like that is very close to just almost free money, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, you know what? I, I would probably say... I don't know, uh, 35-14 maybe. Okay, so Somewhere in that range. You're Solid. giving an extra yeah. score. I like it. I just Yeah, I, I think I think Herbert has a big game. Um, you know, the, like I like I kind of said the secondary for Denver is is pretty good, but I just think with the the combination of Eckler running the ball and Herbert probably kind of trending back to the sort of normal you know, big arm, big play kind of offense that the Chargers run. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it it kind of can. I, I think it'll it'll get ugly pretty quickly. I think that really just comes down to with this game. Last note on it, I, I think if the the Chargers can get out early and start and like get a quick touchdown, I'm talking either a strike to Allen or Palmer over the top or or um, uh, Williams or Palmer over the top, or like get a little scamper from Eckler for like 30, 40 yards, whatever it is. You are looking at the possibility of Russell already playing from behind. And we've, they've proven with um, Mike Boone and flash fumbles Gordon, they cannot run the ball effectively at Javante Williams. That offensive line is anemic. They are terrible. I never thought I'd say this, but I actually rely more on the Lions, Browns, and Jets offensive lines more than I rely on the, the Broncos. That should tell you something about how the yeah. NFL has shifted paradigm wise. Looking at the uh, Broncos past a handful of games to uh, 16, 16, 9, 11, and 23 are the offensive numbers that they put up each game. So they have not scored more than 23 points, and that was against the Raiders a few weeks back. But other than that, two back to back 16 point games and 11 and a nine point game. So I'm standing firm on my uh, 34 to 13 prediction on that. I don't think they're going to get higher than that. Especially against that Chargers defense, but okay. All right, all right. Let's kick off some college ball. This was a wild fucking weekend in college football. Absolutely insane. Let's get out of the way. My Hurricanes finally fucking won a game. <laughs> they beat Virginia Tech. It got a little ugly in the end, but they did it. They did it. Uh, we lost half our team to injuries during the game, including James Williams. I'm praying for his knee right now our best defensive player, probably the best player on our roster. Um, this dude is going to be the next – he literally looks like the next Sean Taylor college-wise. I don't know how he's going to be pro-wise, but he looks like the next college-wise Sean Taylor. Like, he's just big, fast, physical, plays every position in the secondary. He's just a menace. I'm hoping he's okay. Uh, we also lost Will Mallory, our All-American tight end, and it's just it was a great time. But Van Dyke delivered. Josh Gaddis finally took, pop, took off the t- cover a little bit, let him throw it. It was great. And Miami delivered when it mattered. So, you know what? My Hurricanes won. Matt's LSU Tigers got a little. Uh, yeah, it's about fucking time that they beat somebody. Well, uh, half my friends from Connecticut that were uh, I went to college with or were in the swamp for their buddies uh, <laughs> for the bachelor party. And so, because he lives in Gainesville and they went to a Florida game. And I was like, buddy, I love you dearly. But as a Hurricanes fan, go, go Tigers. Because I, <laughs> I, I never can, my mind can ever root for Florida. 
for obvious reasons. I, I, they're, they're the gator humpers to the north. I can't root for them. Yeah, Bianca was like, oh, I like LSU. I like the colors and everything. And she was a big fan of uh, Coach O during Joe Burrow's uh, championship year. And I was like, you yeah, sure about that? She's like, why? I was like, they're not. They're not what you remember them as. And she was like, oh, it's okay. I was like, all right. Coach O. Uh, unless, Coach O was great. Unless you're one Best of the girls that lost to that they've swept under the rug. Yeah, sure. Uh, besides that, who's like, go easy on your cigar. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, Mason, you're freaking a year, year sooner's back in the finally. Finally, uh, it's been a it's been a long three weeks. Um, yeah, you know, offense looked good. Uh, you know, and and a, as usual, you know, the defense looked horrible. Um, you know, it, it seems like it doesn't matter if it's Alex Grinch at DC, if it's Ted Roof at DC. Um, you know. It's yeah. just, it just seems like it's going to be the same old story. Um, and, and I'm hoping that, you know, once we're able to kind of get, you know, Venables guys in, um, you know, that will improve. Obviously, it's not going to change overnight. Um, but, you know, hey, a, a win nonetheless. Uh, I think people were, were a little too getting – getting a little bit ahead of themselves and getting a little too excited. Um, you know, beating KU's backup quarterback by 10 points, you know? Yeah. I mean, I listen, think, like TCU did your dirty work for you. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like, you know, hey, a win's a win. Uh, but, you know, throttle it back. Uh, Iowa State on the road this week. And um, not, not too sure what to make of Iowa State. You know, they've had games where they've looked good. Uh, probably should have beat Texas this past weekend. Um, but, you know, you're looking at second to last place in the Big 12 versus last place. So um, it should be an interesting matchup. Hopefully the, the offense can be sharp again and, and we can pull out another one. There you go. Um, And let's we got to talk about the elephant in the room, man. Speaking of elephants, uh, down goes Alabama. Listen, okay, so fair disclosure, one of my best friends, like a brother to me, is a Alabama grad. I love the kid to death. He was miserable on Saturday. I have a lot of friends from Alabama who went to Alabama. Gump Twitter, Alabama Twitter, has adopted me as Miami Jared. They love me dearly because of my involvement with Kevin, who, who uh, you know, hosts our uh, our relative pod, Tailgate in the Quad, which is the best college football show around. But here's the thing. I got to see it also thanks to TikTok and Twitter from Tennessee's point of view. You want to talk about like something out of like a movie? I saw this video. I'm going to send it to both of you later. Um, it was from the perspective of the one of the guys who was next to the cheer squad when they lined up for that field goal. And the whole stadium erupting when the field goal went through. And here's the crazy thing. I... <laughs> I was so mad. I got up. I had to take a leak. I'm like, oh, they ain't going to get down a field goal range of time. They're probably going to call a timeout. I got a second run of the bathroom. I come up. The stadium's empty. I'm like, oh, shit. I missed it. And I went back at my DVR for like 15 seconds. But what is incredible to me is the like how much like these fans were just about it. And they were loving every second of it. And, you know, as a sports fan, I loved that moment. I will say this. This will be uh, wait is uh ten is Tennessee they're SEC West right? 
They're SEC East. SEC so they're with Georgia, Florida. They're with Georgia, Florida, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, on the weak, they're on the weak side. Yeah, they're on the weaker side, even though technically the defending champion is on their side. Um, who knows, man? They may catch Georgia, and we might be looking at a rematch in the, in uh, in uh, Atlanta. We don't know, but here's the here's the biggest thing to me right now. Alabama's defense is atrocious against elite quarterback play. And I, everyone's like, oh, this is Alabama's revenge season. It's like, okay, prove to me. Listen, I, I get Will Anderson's a beast. Top five pick right there. Arguably one of the best passers I've seen come out since Greg Rousseau or Chase Young. Like, this dude is a monster off the edge. And I'll throw Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa in that, in that as well for, like, the best passers I've seen over the past, like, 10 years come out of college. I may even throw Hassan Riddick in there because I got to watch him live at Temple. He was just on the best guy on the field. Anyway, if we are looking at this Alabama roster, you have to prove to me that they can make a stop. I have no problem believing in Bryce Young or even their backup. I'm just going to call him quarterback Terry Crews because I can't remember his name right now, but that dude's a mammoth of a human. And that and those running backs like Gibbs – I think it's McConnell's the other one. Uh, those dudes just get yardage. But with Alabama, the, the they can't get a stop. They were they, over the top. They were getting absolutely air raided. So when this all comes down to it, by the end of the whole game, I'm thinking to myself, Tennessee just gave everybody the fucking blueprint how to beat Alabama. Did it help there at home? Oh yeah, guaranteed. It definitely gave them a little bit of a boost. Like, spirit-wise. And everyone always says, oh, Holmes doesn't mean anything. I'm like, yeah, if you are the dominant team, being on the road don't mean shit. But when it's a close game, that little boost of, like, emotional spirit being in front of your home fans can give you, you can't quantify that, especially in college. So, is Alabama still a top-five team? Oh, fuck yeah. Is Tennessee a top-five team? I think so. I think they are the fifth best team in the country. I think Alabama is one slot ahead of them. I think they play again neutral site. Alabama whoops them like doesn't whoop them, but beats them by two scores. But it was this a fucking amazing game? Like it was every bit the billing we wanted. Oh fuck yes! I um listen. I I loved watching that game because it was just back and forth. I loved when they cut to the crowd. Alabama would score, and all the Tennessee fans were just like miserable, like looking like they're ready to cry. And then Tennessee would answer back and take the lead, and you see all the Alabama fans just cussing up a storm. It was great because that's just that's just pure football emotion right there. But like you said, listen, I think Alabama right now is calling D Milliner because they need some help back in that secondary. Um, they're not stopping anybody, like you said. And it's not Bryce Young. I mean, he's 35 for 52, 455 yards, um, two touchdowns. It's not the offense that's the issue right now. It's the defense that's not stopping big plays and good quarterback play. Then you go on the other side of the football. Shout out to Hendon Hooker and Jalen Wright because they put that team right on their back. Hendon Hooker, 21-30, fantastic completion percentage, 385 yards, five touchdowns. Five touchdowns automatically just almost wipes out that interception. Like It's not even worth even noting because dude had an amazing game through five touchdowns. Jalen Wright caught all – no, I'm sorry, Jalen Wright. Jalen Hyatt caught all five of those touchdowns, six receptions for 207 yards and five touchdowns. Those two put the team on their back. So shout out to those guys. Shout out to Tennessee for getting a big victory over number three Alabama. Um, 
like you said, I would like to see they play again, neutral sites, see what would happen. But good, good momentum for Tennessee going into the next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's sort of the reaction that, you know, the, the Tennessee fan reaction, right, when you've lost to a team for 15 straight years, right? Um, you know, you're at home. It's, you know, I guess maybe the second biggest game they're going to play all year. Easily their biggest game that they're going to play at home uh, because they have Georgia on the road uh, later this year. But, um you know, I, I think if we're all honest, you know, Riker nine out of ten times is going to make that kick uh, and Alabama is going to win the game. But but hey, you know, a win's a win. Uh, credit to, to Tennessee for, you know, taking the ball down the field uh, with, you know, less than a minute to go and, and winning the ball game. But, um, yeah, I mean, just absolutely, you know, total mayhem in Knoxville. And, and I'm sure that, you know, the, the city was was burned down the the, the same night, right? Um, crazy, crazy win for them. And, um, you know, who doesn't like seeing Alabama go down, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's just a beautiful thing, man. I, I, I really, like, enjoy the entire way through watching from start to finish this game. It was just so entertaining. It was so much fun. And obviously we will talk a little more about doing the six pack as well. Of course, me and Matt both took Matt, you take Tennessee or Alabama on this one. I took Alabama. Did you take KC or Buffalo? I took Buffalo. Fuck. I mean, you still get a point up on me for the freaking early game. I And then oh. my gimme just barely held on close to him. It was George over Vanderbilt. <laughs> they scored 55 to nothing. I know. I was like, wait, what? What? My my gimme was getting a little closer. I, I went on Ole Miss again like an idiot. Hey, Lane Kiffin's giving me a heart attack every Saturday now. <laughs> All right. We got to talk. Six-pack. We got to get it out of the way. It was not a pretty week. So. Matt right now has a four-point lead over me, or a three-point lead. Three, three, two, three, whatever it is. It's four now because he's got he got point off on me today. So Penn State versus Michigan. Matt took Penn Michigan. I took Penn State. Matt gets the W. Oof. Bama, Tennessee, my upset pick of the week. Um, both of us took L's. USC Utah, both of uh, us took losses there. <laughs> Ravens Giants, fucking Giants, man. Both of us took losses there as well. Philly um, Buffalo Chiefs, um, both of us took the Bills. Both of us got a dub. Eagles Cowboys, both of us took the the, uh, the you know the most dangerous team in America, the Philadelphia Eagles. So we both got a point. <laughs> And both of us hit our gimmies. So, with that in mind, Matt still has a four-point lead on me in the pick'em. <sighs> Bonus cans don't count, so we won't go into that. But, damn, bro. I'm not going to give Penn State Michigan any credit because at halftime, this game was locked up tight, and I was feeling good. I was like, all right, I'm going to hit my upset pick. That's two points. I haven't hit an upset pick all year, by the way. Really? I was on fire last year. Me and J.D., I think we're shooting about 60% with upset picks. This year, I don't know if you're the kiss of death, Matt. I am 0 for 4. 
or no, 0 for <laughs> 6, whatever it is. I am, it's the kiss of death. I can't have the upset to save my life. I also need, I think I need to go back and pick these better. Um, Bam Tensi was talked about USC Utah was the highest scoring. It was, it lived up to the Pac 12 passing league. That was the highest scoring fucking game. For, what was that? 49 48 final score? Uh, 43 42 Utah. Holy shit, man. Like, you can't make that score up. I mean, you can't really get much better play from Caleb Williams than what you got, though. 25 for 42, 381 yards, and five touchdowns. A clean game, no interceptions, no fumbles, or anything like that. It's not really much more you can ask from him to do. It's just at the end of the day, it's just a matter of the defense just getting some stops because you then you got the other flip side. You got rising 30 for 44, 415 yards, and two touchdowns. But they just did they did just enough to just top them in that game. It's a big nice upset for Utah taking over uh, U- USC. Um, but at the end of the day, like the Alabama Tennessee game, man, defense has to come in. Yeah, man. I you know what the crazy thing about this game was just like I, I the Pac 12 is not ready to compete with the rest of college football yet. Mm-hmm. Since Oregon's Chip Kel- since the Mark Helfridge years, Oregon has not been ready. USC has not been ready since P. Carroll left. Utah last year with that defense was sort of there. I think all Pac-12 teams are about a year away of just good recruiting to compete with even – I think I'll take some of the ACC teams. Like, I think USC gets a pass for who they are. But if we're being honest, like, I think the only team – like, even, like, my my team, right? Like, the Miami Hurricanes, a mid-level 500 ACC team. I take them over 80% of the Pac-12 tomorrow. You take them over UConn and Southern Earth. I, I would m- – Matt, they could line me up at running back, and I'd probably, <laughs> probably win. Probably still beat UConn and Southern. Um, I would say this, though, about the Pac-12. I think they're on the right track. The problem was they cycle through a perennial power too much, whereas with the ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, SEC – you have your usual suspects. In the ACC, you have Clemson's the top dog. You've got the, the guys like Miami and North Carolina and North Carolina State and a couple other like seasonal ones who come back in. But you have your usual suspects of guys who are contenders. And Pitt, I'll throw in there as well. SEC, everyone knows who the fuck coming out of there. Big Ten, you have Ohio State, Michigan, um, Wisconsin, most years in Iowa are always there, always there to pack a punch. Always are you know, Northwestern, some years you might get a little run from um, Jesus. Penn State's good, Penn State, you know. Thank every you. Once in a while. I couldn't think of it. Penn State might give you some run, it's they're there, and then the Big 12, Mason can tell you Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, the three perennial powers. You might get a little run from Iowa State or Baylor or TCU, but you're going to have good teams. In the Pac-12, there's no top dog. Oh it's, oh, it's Oregon, but then Oregon gets shit on. Oh, it's Washington. Washington after loses a good class, it's over. It's USC. Okay, but they can't produce a solid quarterback. Oh, it's it's UCLA. You really trust Chip Kelly? I don't. So... Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the at the USC game, you know, uh, you know, w- what are you supposed to do? Forty two points, and, and you can't win the game, right? I mean, something's got to change. Um, 
you know, and, and Caleb Williams put up that performance with, you know, his best receiver, Jordan Addison, coming out of the game uh, in, in the late third quarter. So, you know, it's always going to be an issue. It's going to be more apparent when USC joins the Big Ten if they don't figure out the defense because, you know, I mean, teams like Iowa, teams like Michigan, teams like Penn State, or, you know, who can shut down your offense, your high-powered offense, you're going to end up losing those games because, you're, 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 I mean, you're not going to be able to stop their mediocre offense because you can't move the ball on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, USC will continue to improve. And Lincoln, if if Grinch can't show that that he can get the defense right, I mean, he's going to move off him mm-hmm. and, and find someone who can. But, um, you know, USC definitely knows that, that when they join the Big Ten in 2025, um, things are going to have to change for sure, because, you know, this isn't the Pac-12, this isn't the Big Ten, where you can just put up, you know, 40, 50, you know, sometimes even 60 points and still win the game. Um, you know, in the Big Ten, that that just doesn't happen. So they're, they're you know, big changes coming for, for USC. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right, Jared. <clears throat> um, th- there's no real sort of, you know, prominent power in the Pac-12. Every other year there's a – there's a new team that seems like, hey, you know, playoffs not really in the picture, but, you know, Rose Bowl obviously, um, you know, comes into play. I would agree with that. Um, any other notes, any other big college games we want to talk about before we move on today? Uh, I mean, you had the Oklahoma State PCU OT. That was a fun game. That was a good one. That was a fun game. We found out that North Carolina State is fucked without Devin Larry. Right. And mm-hmm. uh Florida State gave Clemson a run. So I guess yeah, college football was just fucking anarchy this weekend. It was great. Yeah. All right, we gotta talk some pro ball. We're at the 37 minute mark. Matt, it's time for that favorite time of the of the, of the week, man. This is the two this is the one sentence game brought to you by the amazing folks at candidips.com. Listen, you want a great substitute like me. I used to dip. I used to love my long cut, my red man. You want a great substitute that's not going to mess your teeth up, no gum disease, no nicotine, no tobacco. It's all 100% American-grown hemp with a couple extra ingredients like coconut strands and um, black pepper and a bunch of things that actually are good for you naturally. I won't fuck your teeth up. And a little, It's just nice little 10 milligrams of CBD. It's the best thing around. These people are such good businessmen. They literally sent me my entire order as a double to make up for the fact that they they shorted me a can on my first order. Candidips.com, promo code BillyUp20 for 20% off. Official sponsor of the corner booth, BillyUp Sports, and the one-sentence game. All righty. Matthew, we're kicking off Thursday Night Football. Holy shit, Broncos in uh, – no, Broncos, sorry. Force of habit. Might as well, man. Um, yeah, right? Uh, Bears and Commanders. This game was so bad, but, God, Brian Robinson scoring a touchdown was badass. I loved it. Yeah. Um, my, I, so, I don't know. My we sentence would be like – We don't have more than 30 seconds in this game. Yeah, no. All right, so make it short and quick. I was taking shots just because I didn't want to watch this game sober. It was that bad. 
I was praying for either team to score something. I was happy Brian Robinson got the touchdown. Um, I think he could be comeback of the year um, just off of his story and everything. Um, but this was probably one of the worst games that I've seen outside of the Colts and the and the uh, Broncos earlier this year. All right, fair enough. Mason, you got a sentence about uh, this Thursday night abomination? I mean, just terrible all around, like Matt said. Uh, you know, bad quarterback play, you know, I guess you could say, you know, the defenses looked all right just because the game was low scoring, but um, just a terrible watch if you didn't have any fantasy implications. Uh, horrible watch if you're a casual fan. Um, you know, and, and looking ahead in the Thursday night football schedule, not not good at all. So, you know, hopefully we, we can only hope that next season the scheduling – for next year's Thursday night games is, is better. There you go. All right, moving on. We're going to the one o'clock slate. No London games this week. Thank God. Pipped up cheerio. Mm -hmm. I don't lose my freaking bet in the first five minutes of the day. All righty. <laughs> We're talking about it. 49ers Falcons. I will say one. I freaking called it. I love Atlanta. They're my lovable losers this year. Usually I pick a losing team. That is not my team or like a, a Northeast team. It's like a team out West or in the South that I just have to root for because I love watching them play because they're so much fun. It is the fucking Atlanta Falcons. Marcus Mariota has these boys rolling. We had a Kyle Pitts touchdown on homegrown soil. This is terrifying. It's the end of days. That is my, that is my long run sentence, but congrats, Falcons. My, you know, I'm very surprised in a sense. I did not, I didn't at all think Atlanta would be three and three on the season. I thought they were going to be a terrible team. Uh, Mariota, though, didn't have, I mean, 13 for 14 is phenomenal, but he only had 129 uh, yards, two touchdowns. Finally, we got to see a Kyle Pitts touchdown in America, which is great to see. Um, 49ers, I honestly thought would have this on lock, uh, but obviously I was wrong. So credit to Atlanta. They're tied with the Bucks, three and three in that division. I know that Tampa's got the lead. The Bucks, and it's really fucking annoying. Yeah, no, they should have that greedy Jared thing was bullshit. But um, no, but it's 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 fun to see some teams that you didn't expect to be good be good, and that's Falcons are one of them. Mason. Yeah, uh, I saw a stat today that said that uh, the Falcons are undefeated when. Mariota has 15 or fewer passing attempts. So that tells you the state of the, you know, Falcons quarterback play. Uh, not many weapons around him. You know, uh, Cordero is very good. Um, you know, Pitts has been just sort of a question mark uh, since he's been drafted. Uh, Drake London looks like he's going to be pretty good. But uh, if Marcus Mariota is going to be his quarterback, uh, you know, he's definitely going to be limited in what he can do. So, uh, yeah, you know, I think no one really saw this coming. You know, the Niners have been, you know, just one of those teams that's been, uh, you know, killed by injuries both on the defensive side of the ball and the offense. Mm -hmm. So uh, if they can get healthy, you know, probably a pretty dangerous team. But uh, if, if injuries continue to kill them, you know, we have no idea what we're going to get out of them. I, I will say this before we move on to the next game. <clears throat> I think the Atlanta Falcons, and also with Mariota, I think Mariota is now playing to be the next Ryan Fitzmagic. Like, like next year he'll go to a team who needs a quarterback to develop their young gun, possibly, you know, 
Carolina or I don't know San Fran if they because they they're, if they don't pick up Jimmy G's option and they're not ready for Trey Lance yet or or, or shit even like maybe Seattle or Arizona they get no not Arizona I'm kidding um or like Houston maybe if they finally gave up on Davis Mills not ready to hand the reins over to like let's say a Will Levis <clears throat> so. You know what? I will say this about Atlanta. They're a fun team to watch. That defense creates turnovers. Artie Smith, the no-chin wonder, man. He's got – he's he's fun. That team is fun to watch. All right, moving on. We have the Patriots and the Browns. All I have to say is thank you, Ramondre Stevenson, for two touchdowns. That's all I have to say about this game. Um, I'm going to go the extra mile and say, I think Bailey Zach could be the best quarterback on that roster, including Mac Jones. Don't Not going to lie. Kevin might actually literally be running down to, to Milford, Connecticut. <laughs> I don't know, man. That Bailey Zach, I know it's, I know it's, I know it's the Browns. The Browns don't have a bad defense. So, but I, you know, 24, 34, 309 yards, a couple touchdowns right there. Ramondre Stevenson going crazy. Ooh, touchdowns were garbage time. You know it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. But, I mean, listen, obviously Hoyer was never going to be the answer. I think oh, yeah. Hoyer has some sort of dirt on Bill Belichick. I don't know how that guy keeps getting multi-year deals from him. But Bailey Zapp looked really good. They got the win for them. Patriots are finally back to 500 for them. Uh, so that's obviously good for them. Browns are kind of becoming what we figured they were going to be, which is dog shit. Uh, but credit to the Patriots on that victory. There we go. Yeah, I mean, Zape uh, is looking good, right? Um and, you know, I think we're at the point now where Zape is 2-1, and one, probably could have beat the Packers on the road. And, um, you know, I think Max got to, gotta you know, be a little worried, right? Uh, you know, I think everyone would say, you know, he's probably going to be healthy this week. So we'll know uh, midweek who, who the Patriots are rolling with. They've got the Bears on Monday night. So, you know, regardless of who's starting, should be a win. But, um, you know, if Zape continues to to look good, you know, who knows? We, we might be looking at him starting long-term for the Patriots. I have one question. Who the fuck booked the Patriots and the Bears for fucking Monday Night Football? Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. Come All right. On. I guess we're watching baseball that night. Shit. Like, oh, yeah. damn. What is with these fucking – you know oh the God, only the only good prime time game that I could here. think of that's coming up, not to be a homer, is like Jets Ross and Jaguars. And stuff, I thought, listen, I get it. I thought the Ross and the Colts was going to be good preseason. That would make sense. But last week, Justin Fields versus Carson Wentz. Come on, that's reaching. And then I think a few weeks from now, you have Eagles Texans. Yes. Like wow! Welcome to the murder house. So the anybody who's in Alabama is going to get this because there's a lot of Alabama guys on the Eagles roster. They play joyless murder ball. They beat the piss out of you running the football. They had a couple of flashy plays throwing it to AJ Brown or Devontae. and then they make you throw bad turnovers and they hit you. The Eagles play Alabama style football. It's hysterical, and they're going to just—it's going to look like when they play Vandy against Houston. It's going to be ugly. <clears throat> Who the hell picks these games, man? Like, shit, mm-hmm. NFL, whatever his salary is, I'll take a third of it just to pick the Thursday night games for you. It's, you know, you would have think that, you would have thought that, you know, 
somebody else had the streaming ownership of Monday Night Games because they were just royally fucking over Amazon Prime with these games. You would have thought that fucking maybe Peacock had the Monday Night Games. For this shit. <laughs> He's looking like Jack Lex Luthor about to like slam Roger Goodell to the ground. All right. Jets, Packers, Matthews feeling good. That was All I got to say is Breeze, Train, Hall. I love it. I love the team. I love Bob Sala just being just an energy factory. Him and Sirianni are like my two favorite head coaches right now because they are just pure. If, if the Lions were winning, I'd say Dan Campbell's in that conversation too. I just think he's got to fire Aaron Glenn because that te- that defense is too much personnel strength to like be this bad. I think Aaron Glenn is the reason the Lions have four losses. Uh, anyway, Jets Packers. My one sentence is: Jesus, Aaron might shoot Lafleur before they start practice on Thursday. <laughs> I had a fun time explaining to Bianca that um, the Jets offensive coordinator and the Packers head coach are brothers, and how they're playing each other pretty much, but. Um, my one sentence for this game is pleasantly surprised. I I thought this was a trap game for the Jets. I thought that the Packers were going to be pissed that they lost to the the uh, Giants in London. I thought they were going to just unleash on us. So I was expecting something like this reverse, to be honest with you, but I'm very happy that obviously went in my favor. Uh, Zach Wilson had a mid-game. I'm not going to hype him up. I'm not going to praise him. He's 10 for 1,810 yards. I'm happy that he controlled the game in the sense of just making sure that the run game was still staying solid and he wasn't, he was making okay throws. Some were questionable, but he played a clean game. He managed the game in the fourth quarter, which is what you need from a quarterback. And they get, they got the job done. Shout out to Brees Hall, 116 yards on 20 carries with the touchdown. Um, Michael Carter too, getting 41 uh, rushing yards in there. So, you know, Jets put up over 150 rushing yards on the Packers. Um, 27 to 10 defense came in, had a couple blocked punts and uh field goals uh blocked, but they did what they had to do. So, shout out to that team, they're four and two, third seed in the <clears throat> AFC right now. And never probably ever gonna hear me say that again that the Jets are the number three team in the entire AFC. Um, but it's a great feeling. So, shout out to those guys for getting the dub. There you go, Mason. Yeah, I mean, it's looking like the, the Packers are on the brink, right? Uh, you know. When your best receiver is Alan Lazard, you know, I don't know what the sort of game plan was, you know, what the Packers thought they had uh, with Aaron Rodgers in that receiving core, but it is it is not working out well. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's a good chance that if, if they don't make a move and, and maybe trade for a receiver, they can miss the playoffs. Um, they're, they're lucky that they're in such a crummy division. And they're probably going to get, you know, four free wins from Detroit and Chicago. But, um, you know, Minnesota stomped them week one. And it's it's looking like the Packers are, are in a lot of trouble here. Facts. All right. Next up on the list, we are going to talk. Uh, we're going to speed run a couple of these because they were forgettable games. Um Vikings Dolphins, so sentence no explanation. Um Vikes played good enough, but God, could Justin Jefferson get me a touchdown? I would have won my parlay on that. So where's the logic in Teddy Bridgewater's not healthy enough to start the game, but we're gonna put him in when the third string gets hurt. So I don't know. Miami's fumbling all these quarterbacks again, but my one little statement for this game was this is what I expected to happen. The four and one Vikings to take down the third string quarterback of the Miami. 
not surprised with the victory here for my for Minnesota. Um, but I don't know. I think two is coming back next week. Mason. Yeah, uh, Miami, you know, still sort of a big question mark. You know, is, is Tua, you know, going to be serviceable? Uh, I guess we will find out. You know, they started off hot. You know, uh, Tua's injuries kind of killed him. So, um, you know, don't really know what to expect from the Dolphins. Vikings look good. Uh, look like they could be a team to beat in the NFC. Team to beat, but we whooped them. <laughs> Hey, yeah. Listen, I, I got a personal vendetta with the Vikings, so like also my they're my dad's team, so I had to just be talking a little junk. Um Colts Jags, Alec Pierce, walk off, cold game. That's all we got. That's all I'm gonna say. That that was a hell of a throw. I like I already lost my parlay at that point. So like the fact of the matter is because of the because of the Baltimore game, I had already lost my parlay. So I said, fuck it. Go Colts, because that was badass. Alec Pierce calls ball games by sentence. Um, I'm. This is what I expected the Colts to be pretty much at the beginning of the year. I didn't think they were going to be this slumped team that's like three, two, and one, barely hanging on to you know get sole possession in that first place. But they're finally starting to get back into the rhythm. I mean, Matt Ryan finally had 389 yards, uh, so finally had a big game, three touchdowns, like you said, Alex Pierce. Um, so, you know, game, I was honestly given to the Jaguars just off of recent history with the Jaguars dominating the Colts, but it's good to see the Colts get back on track. There you go. Yeah. I think the, the Jags, you know, have to be a little start starting to get a little worried about Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's had one good game, uh, against the chargers. Uh, to my knowledge, that's his best game of his career. Um, you know, I think if you're a Jags fan, you you kind of have to start to worry about uh, when is this guy going to make that sort of next step and, and become, you know, just kind of the prospect that, that people thought he was going to be and compared to the likes of, you know, John Elway, Peyton Manning, guys like that. So, um, you know, not 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 much to say about that one. Uh you know, what, what What else can you say besides, you know, cold stacks, right? Always a fun time. All right, we'll speed run this one, and we'll I'll do a couple of the fast ones, then we'll get to the ones we actually want to talk about. Uh, Bengals, Saints. Bengals, hold on. Listen, both teams are banged up, but since he held on. That's all I got to say. Yeah. It's, there's um, no, no, not going to mince words on this one. No, unfortunately for the Saints, Andy Dalton looks like their best option, which is not good at all. Um, Joe Burrow had a great game, 300 yards and three touchdowns. Finally got that connection back with Jamar Chase, seven receptions, 132 yards and two touchdowns. Bengals back on top, three and three. Uh, Nola, it's not looking good. Yeah, Burrow looking like he is back. Uh, Yeah, I know fantasy owners were glad to see Jamar kind of pick it back up because he was – he was not looking great uh, through five weeks. So, you know, it seems like the, the Burrow magic is back and, um, you know, Saints are, are definitely reeling. There you go. All righty. Uh, Panthers, Rams. Yeah. What did you think was going to happen? Oh, Robbie Anderson's a Cardinal. Breaking news. Yeah. Uh, they're prima donna, Robbie Anderson. He's been like that his entire career. Um, if he doesn't get enough receptions in the beginning of the games, he gives up in the, in the rest of the time. Um, 
Honestly, my only statement is that I'm actually a little surprised. I thought the the Rams were going to put up more points over the Panthers um, instead of winning by you know two possessions. Oh, I know that's not a, terrible, dude. Let's I know. I thought they were going to. I thought this would have been a thirty something to ten game. But shout out to the Rams for getting back on track with the dub. I completely forgot Matthew Stafford was the quarterback for about thirty seconds with how low that car was. <laughs> um, Mason, anything on this one? Yeah, I mean, you know, the the Rams are kind of you know they're they're only going to be as good as Stafford can be. Um, and you know, I think Stafford has been very wishy-washy this year. Um, so, you know, Rams are very dependent on, on how good he's going to be. Defense is, is kind of shaky. Um, and, and Carolina just looks like a total mess. It'll be interesting to see if they actually do end up moving McCaffrey. Oh, I think he's gone by the end of this week. Uh, I think he's wearing red and blue up in Buffalo. If you want my gut opinion, how many backs um, do they need? They got they need three they trapped in the last three they years. They need to make sure that nobody but them makes it out of the AFC. As yeah. the team that may play them in the NFC in the Super Bowl, I am shitting a brick if they get McCaffrey. Yeah, they don't need it. Anyways. All right. Anyways. Um, last one of the forgettables. Uh card Seahawks all says pray for yeah, uh, Hollywood Brown's knee. And excellent troll job by the Seahawks Twitter. That was fucking beautiful. I'm uh, hearing that. Uh, I don't know if it's confirmed or not. I've heard Marquise Brown is most likely done for the year. Um, shout out to the Seahawks defense for keeping the Cardinals to nine points. Um, Cardinals, you know, that loss, they dropped down to two and four. Um, good for thing for them is that the division is still wide open. I mean, the top of the division is about three and three, I think. So it's still wide open, and they'll get DeAndre Hopkins back this week. But shout out to Geno Smith and Seahawks for getting it done again. Yeah, uh, you know, don't know why the the Cardinals uh, extended Kingsbury uh, before this season started. Uh, it's looking like you know he is is starting to become the issue because Kyler is is one of one and an incredible player. Um, it stinks for Hollywood. Uh, you know, one of one of my Sooners. So. Uh, I actually did see that it's going to be six weeks uh, instead of the entire season. So, okay. so hopefully uh, he can recover quickly uh, sooner than six weeks. But um, yeah, don't don't know what to say about Arizona. Big big question mark. You know the worst thing with this this uh, with Arizona. I'll, I guess we'll end on this before we go to the fun games. Is that. I think they're the team of wasted talent. That's when I look at Arizona, there's so many of these, oh, look at this talent on this team. Look how good they are. It's like, to y'all guys' point, I don't know why the hell they extended Kingsbury. Unlike you, because I'm not, a, I'm not a Sooner, Mason, I'm not the biggest Murray guy. I honestly think I, I don't like the kid's fucking attitude. Maybe it's because I grew up around quarterbacks who were like gamers. As much as McNabb was a prick, he was a gamer. Mike Vick was a gamer. Hurts and Foles, gamers. Carson Wentz. Sanchez. Hey, the Sanchez was a gamer. But more, hey, listen, Carson Wentz, babe, bag, bitch, not a gamer. Um, <laughs> even Kevin Cobb, fucking gamer. <laughs> Kevin Cobb put it out there, man. He may not have been the world's he, greatest, but he, he tried. Absolute cannon. The problem was, it's just he couldn't read a defense. Um. Yeah. Hey, hey, listen, guys, DRC for literally him and a, a fifth-round pick. I'll take it. Um, I will say this as we uh, move on. 
I think I think the Cardinals. I don't I don't care about the Robbie Anderson deal. I don't care they get hot back. They might win seven games, maybe eight if they're lucky. This is it's bad. I think the Seahawks are the best team in that division right now. Robbie Anderson is no amazing route runner. He's just like a Tyree kill where he just runs deep and you just got to get the ball to him. Hey, listen, for Kyler, it might not be the worst thing in the world. All yeah. right, fun games. Pittsburgh versus – I guess this is not really that much of a fun game because it's kind of boring and, boring and lame. Pittsburgh and Tampa, I will just leave this with a sentence. You guys can give it – we'll just do a sentence for this one because we all want to know what three games we want to talk about, the three games from our six-pack. Um – I will say this. I did not destroy my family to lose with <laughs> you guys. Paraphrasing, that's not what Tom Brady actually said. But the Brady, the, the Brady bunch uh took an L this weekend to Mike Tomlin, Mitch Kissing Titties Trubisky, and the group from what what the hell they call the stadium now? Allegiant Stadium or Allegra Stadium? Sure. Acrisure Stadium. Acrisure. <laughs> It's the big catch-up bottle. I don't want to hear anything else. Um, listen, I the, the the Buccaneers, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know if Mitch just had some freaking Wheaties that morning. I don't know what's going on. The NFL so far through six weeks makes no fucking sense anymore. All I know is my team's the only team that still has no losses yet. Um, it's It doesn't make sense to me. This, that's all I'm going to say about this fucking game. This is the penultimate game of what the fuck just happened. Well, you know, 90% of the time, I think we kind of see quarterbacks and or just players in general just kind of play until it's visibly that they just don't have it anymore. And then they're forced to retire. Like, you know, you think of Peyton Manning was not good his last year in the NFL, but that defense was why they won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady is not looking good this year. I mean, even my own Darrell Revis was atrocious his last year in the NFL before he retired. Um, this is one of those things where I think Tom Brady should have walked away after last year on a high note after going to the NFC championship game um, instead of now where he's three and three and maybe he's going to squeeze in for the division and he's going to lose round one if he makes it. But um, shout out to Kenny Pickett. I don't know if he gets the win because he started the game, but shout out to Kenny Pickett for beating Brady in his first win of the season. Um Maybe Tom Brady should just not have gone to a wedding in New York on a Friday before their game on Sunday. I know there's no time zone difference, but maybe he shouldn't have probably flown home on a Saturday to play the next day. Hey, he's so, single now. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Or soon? taking that yeah. nine-hour drive to Pittsburgh from New York. So, I don't know. That's, that's my opinion. But that's all I'm going to say on that one. Good job, Steelers. Yeah, I mean, any given Sunday, anyone can win in this league. And – um you know, that game's just a perfect example. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of Brady. Um, you know, we'll just have to see as the season goes on. There you go. All right, now the fun game. Six-pack games. Uh, Baltimore and New York Giants. I could make some memes because there's a certain Baltimore Ravens fan on TikTok who is pretty famous for being irritating. Uh, I'm not going to make fun of him. Oh, God. Is it we hooping? Yeah. He's a fucking dweeb. Anyways. <laughs> you know what the worst part is? I think he's like a D3 kicker or something like that. I think he, I think it's a character, right? It's got to be. Yeah, either that. I, I mean, because there's a couple guys like that are like that are in. I, I, I like, and he's a fan of like the most annoying teams. It's like, it's like Baltimore just, and Duke 
And he's a Lakers fan. I was just like, bro, even like, if what is wrong even if this is just a character and it's an act, I don't even care if he's like a very knowledgeable football guy. I don't have a desire to even have a conversation with the bro, guy. I was gonna he, say, yeah, Baltimore, what the fuck happened? Y'all pull it's ironic they're in New York because they went full Reggie Miller. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit, the choke kings are here. Oh my like, I don't like I will say this before I will go into analysis. The choke kings have arrived. The Baltimore Chokers. That is what they're going to be called from from now Man. on. The um, Lamar having a classic Lamar game where he completes 50% of his passes for a low end 210 yards, but rushes for 77. So he barely has 300 all purpose yards and 77 of them are rushing, which is just typical for him. But um, shout out to the Giants defense for helping me out. Yeah. Shout out to the Giants defense, man. This was, listen, nobody really talks about this. This was a Wink Martindale revenge game. Wink Martindale got, pretty much just, um, how do you say, scapegoated. Like, he was just made, like, the problem for the for the, uh, for the Ravens last year. They fired him, and he's having a phenomenal year with the Giants, keeping them in the games. They don't – listen, the Giants – I credit Wink Markendale to a lot of these victories because the Giants don't have a great offense. Half of them are never healthy, but they're still winning the games. I think they got the right personnel in play. I think they have the right coaching and the coaching staff that they hired. I think everything's clicking. I think they hit on every single thing, which is rare. But they're five and one. They came back. They beat the Ravens with a couple minutes left in the game. Shout out to the Giants. Shout out to Wink Martindale. Yeah, I mean, you know, Lamar loving the death. Um, you know, it, it, the the jokes write themselves. You know, it's just like it seems like this guy cannot get it done in crunch time. He he did, you know, get it done against Cincy uh, at home couple weeks ago, but, you know, you look at the Miami game, you look at the Buffalo game, you look at uh, this week's game at New York. Um, all should have been wins, and, you know, it, it just comes down to lackluster offensive sort of uh, performances in the fourth quarter. And, you know, until, I guess, you know, Lamar can show that he can close games out, uh, I, I don't really know what you can make of him. With Lamar, I got to go back. I want to watch some tape. I want to watch the All-22 this week and for last week because right now I'm trying to understand in my head why – like, so I'm – everyone knows I'm a big Jalen Hurts guy. I love this dude's work ethic. I think, like, he's one of those – like, he's the coach's dream as a quarterback. He's a leader. He's even keel. He's all about keeping the team. He's a, he's a role – he tries to be, like, the figurehead to the team. But he back – he practices what he preaches. With Lamar, everyone is going to compare them because I, I get, in my opinion, they're the two best mobile quarterbacks in the league. Kyler, I guess, could be three. Josh Allen, to me, is still a pocket guy, but he can run. It's a little different with him, I guess. Mahomes, same thing. Um, but with Hurts, Hurts with the – we're going to talk about this in about, 30, in about two minutes. But with Hurts, Dallas is all momentum. Games on the line. Drives the field. Hits Devontae Smith for a touchdown. Was he so open you could have driven a semi-truck through either side around him? Yeah, but the play call and the audible and the play fake were brilliant. I will leave in like with Lamar. He made it what two snaps into that drive before he fumbled? One snap? Yeah, it was pretty quick. In the on the drive before? You can't even blame his receipt lack of receiving core at this point. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Like I think Bateman and Duvernay, I think are an underrated receiving core. 
you know, and we can't forget about Mark Andrews. Literally know, the best some, tight end in football. People, right, yeah. Some people like him better than Kelsey. If he's not, he's he's no doubt about it, the second best tight end. Yeah, it's not um, even close. It goes Kelsey and so Andrews, I just, 50 feet of shit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, Lamar's one of one, right? Uh, there, there's no one like him uh, in the league right now. You know, it's since Michael Vick, we've never really seen anything like him. Um, just pure explosiveness like that, no. Yes. I mean, uh, a, a total, when you think of a dual-threat quarterback, you know, he is, to a T, the definition of that. Um, right. and, and so I just feel like, you know, kind of like I said, until he can prove that he can close games out, till he can prove that he can come from behind consistently, you know, requesting the type of money that he's asking for, I, I think is it's a little bit premature, you know, for, for him to be a guy who has only won one playoff game. Um, you know, I, I don't think, I think people are jumping the gun. He's betting on himself and he's losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I swear, I, it almost in the back of my head. Anybody else get the vibe? He didn't want to be in Baltimore anymore. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. Like, I'm waiting for I, him I just, to be wearing teal and orange next year. I, I don't think it's that he doesn't want to be in Baltimore. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know what to make of the situation because you know he he put on weight. You know his passing. I think we can say does look better than it has before. Uh, you know, it's not up to standard of the guys like Mahomes, Allen, mm-hmm. uh, shoot. I mean, Jalen Hurts, Herbert, guys like that, right? But, um, you know, it, it's just it's such an interesting, you know, sort of experiment that they're, that they're you know, running in Baltimore. Like, you know, theoretically, you would think that this guy could win a Super Bowl, right? But, you know, I mean, if you can't come from behind, if you can't close out games, like, you, you're just not going to make it very far in this league. And I mean, someone's going to pay him. Someone's going to pay him the money that he wants, and it's either going to pan out really, really well, or it's going to be the opposite, and and he's just going to be the same old, you know, Lamar that we've gotten to accustomed to. You know, he can't come back from from ten points, seventeen points, fourteen points down. The only way he's going to win football games is if they're blowing teams out, which is what happened in twenty nineteen when he won the MVP. All right. Um... Let's talk. We got two more games left, and then we got to get into a uh, quick baseball, and then we got to talk top tens. All right. Um, Buffalo, Kansas City. And this is going to sound so weird for me to say, but this game was forgettable in the fact that each team scored a couple touchdowns. There's no crazy plays until the end when Josh Allen hurdles the defender, throws that dart to Dawson Knox, then Matt Milano playing excellent QB spy forces a bad throw from Mahomes and it's picked off. To me, this was a very, I, I wouldn't say forgettable, but like the first 60 minutes of the game or no 45 minutes, of the game feel like almost forgettable because the last 15 were incredible. But I think this typically just chalks up to the rivalry of bills chiefs. I got no other analysis. I think I still think the bills are the best team in football right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, I enjoyed the game. I mean, it wasn't high scoring. Um, There's a couple pair of touchdowns back and forth, like you mentioned, but it was quality football. Um, It was exciting plays on both teams. And this is just a preview of what we're going to see in the playoffs because we all know 
that eventually we're going to see the Chiefs and the Bills into the playoffs playing the game against each other again. So it was nice to see the Bills get the revenge game in a sense against the Chiefs. Um, clearly, in my opinion, Buffalo looks like the better team. Josh Allen looks like the better quarterback right now. Um, so shout out to Buffalo. KC is still going to be perfectly fine. Um, but we're, you know, this is just a preview of what we're going to see in January with these two. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, these two teams are, you know, in my mind, uh, the, the one in two teams, at least in the AFC, you know, people really like the Eagles, but um, I think these two teams kind of like you said, are just kind of heading for, you know, a, a crash course, you know, at some point they're going to play in the playoffs and, and hopefully we get another game like we did last January. That was, that was awesome. Um, and yeah, I mean, huge statement win for Buffalo uh, to kind of purge those those demons from January. And yeah, I mean, I think Allen is, you know, he's got to be the favorite to win the MVP. Uh, I don't, I don't think anyone else, you know, has kind of has really done what he's done. I mean, Jalen Hurts has looked great, but I mean, Allen is just it seems like he's on another level. There you go. All right. Um... I'll let y'all take leave for this last one. Eagles, Cowboys, Matthew. Uh, the Cooper Rush love story is over. Um, I'm pretty sure this guy had a one QBR rating at the end of the first half or whatever it was. But a one. I mean, the you know the love story's done. He went four and zero as a starter. Fantastic. He's four and one ever since Dak Prescott went out, which is more than what you could have asked for Cooper Rush to do for the Cowboys, especially given the fact that he was cut then signed to the practice squad, then elevated up to starter once Dak was out. Three interceptions on the game. Um, the whole team just in general just looked flat. The defense let 26 points up. This is what I expected to happen with Philly playing the back of quarterback. Um, I do think that they would have won if Dak Prescott was the quarterback. Like As in, I think Philly still would have won, but... I think obviously it would have been a little much closer game because Dak Prescott's a better quarterback than Cooper Rush, but not surprised at the end of the day. Uh, Philly goes to 6-0, and sole possession of the NFC East still, and I'm sure the Cowboys are going to be starting Dak Prescott next week. Mason? Yep, uh, couldn't agree more. You know, uh, Rush, you know, finally had that game where it's like, you know, he, he was kind of on a crazy run for, for the previous four, and he was serviceable, and, and uh, you know, he finally got sort of what was probably coming for him. Um, yeah, I mean, Dallas did a great job of, of getting the game back to being close, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Philadelphia was, was easily the better team. Uh, Hertz looked sharp and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the, the Eagles are the, are the best team in the NFC at the moment. So this is going to sound so freaking cocky, but. Every time I watch the Eagles in their games, I said that they remind me of a little bit of Alabama where it's a very mur- like beat them up bully ball, joyless murder ball, right? And every time I think about watching them because of how talented this team is, I think of the speech from Remember the Titans by Coach Boone. You drop a pass, you run a mile. You get a hold, you run a mile. You fumble football, I will break my foot off in your John Brown high parts. That's that 
echoes in my head because I watch this team, and I think that's how Jalen Hurts looks at his teammates because this roster is so talented and they played okay. What scares me is the fact that we haven't been able to put together a complete game. It was a great win. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is a freak. That man is the best safety we have had in that backfield since number 20. Or I'll even throw Quentin Michael out there too, back from my childhood. Uh, number 27. I, I think he's better than McLeod. I, I, I'd say Jenkins too. I'd say he's up there with Jenkins. I think he well, being Jenkins' protege in New Orleans, I think it's perfect. The Eagles' defense is another level. They got to stop biting on play action and, and like get sucked into the running game. But that's what film studies for. Offensively, I don't know if Shane Steichen just falls asleep for the entire third quarter. But you know what? I'll take it. We got the win. But when it mattered most, big-time players make big-time plays and big-time games. Hurts to his boy A.J. Brown for 20 yards to get him inside the red zone, set up for that Devontae Smith touchdown. Miles Sanders, you couldn't touch him on that last drive. He was running hard as hell. What makes me feel good about this team is they were down Landon Dickerson. They were down Lane Johnson by the end of that drive, by the end of that series, and they still made stops. It, this is this is like a this is a tough Eagles team. Listen, I love. The, I think the Cowboys are going to be a great team. I think the Cowboys, Giants, and Eagles are going to be the three best teams in the NFC, straight up. And that's really sad how bad the NFC's fallen off. But right now, as it looks, I think it goes Eagles one, Giants two, Cowboys three. You could throw Arizona, you could throw um, Los Angeles and Seattle in that, and Minnesota, and, and I, I guess you can put maybe Tampa Bay or Atlanta somehow sneaking out of the South. But it's I look at these two teams. These two teams are both going to be making it to the second round of the playoffs. And both these teams are going to play very well with Dak Prescott back. Hopefully Dak isn't the problem. Because if they lose their next game, then everyone's going to be calling for Dak's head. So, but honestly, though, the Eagles played in, listen, it was such a Philly vibe last night. You had Meek Mill doing their walkout. You had uh, another Eagles art, a Philly artist. I can't remember. I think he's a soul singer. He was doing their halftime show. Mike Trout was in the stands. Darius Slate picked up a ball, handed it to Meek Mill. Um. It just everything about that game felt lit last night. It felt incredible. So Shady was in the building. I think I saw Weapon X hiding somewhere. Mike Trout was there. It was just that was the that was the vibe. That was the Eagles vibe that I love seeing. But good win. I'm done rambling. Let's talk baseball. Speaking yeah, of we're... Philadelphia, the fucking Phillies, my proxy team. Let's go. The Phillies, man, it's you know it's crazy. They won eighty-seven games on the season. You got the hundred and one winning Mets. You have the um, I think the Braves also had hundred and one games, and neither of them are even in the NLCS right now. You got the Braves. I mean, the uh, Phillies right now. Are they playing the Padres in the NLCS? Yeah. What a fucking series, man! The Padres weren't even. I think they were like third place in that division for a while. They, now were, too. they actually the Diamondbacks. I think were a half game or like four games behind them at yeah. one point for for third. When the D-backs for my Diamondbacks were on their hot streak, and then the Padres started pulling away. Is 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 Tatis like off his suspension yet? I think he just he, had surgery. Well, he's out for the year. 
they suspended him for the for the remainder of the season. Okay, so yeah, I didn't he know had that something. No, he had eighty something game. So he his his suspension was like eighty something games, but that makes him like playoff ineligible or something like that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. But listen, I I I'm gonna give it to the Padres for the uh, NLCS. I think they're gonna be the better team. I think they have more of the star power and more of the just the talent on that roster to overtake the Phillies. Shout out to the Phillies though. Rob Thompson has uh got a two year extension on that. Just completely three sixteen that team in a good way from Rob uh, Joe Girardi. Um, Aaron Boone is on my hottest of seats right now as a, as a big Yankee fan. Um, uh, he, he threw away game two. We could have beaten we could have took a two a lead over the guardians. He threw in Tyone and the seventh after relieving Nestor Cortez. I get it. You're starting a starting pitcher to go the next couple of innings when you're not going to have him start during that series. I personally would have rather put Herman in, but that's just me. I think he's a better starter right now for us, a little more reliable. So we lose that game. Then he fucking throws the next game away because our closer comes in in the seventh or the eighth inning, and he decides to put a fucking rookie Clark Schmidt in the ninth in a playoff game, and he just fumbles that five two five three lead with two outs in the ninth. And then last week with I know we won, I know we won, but in last night's must win game, he throws Aaron Hicks in the lineup, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why would I want this guy in my lineup in a must win game? But they came through and they won the game. So now we got a game five. I don't know when it's going to start. It's pretty sure it's still in a rain delay. I have one. And, uh, I have one word for us: the playoffs. Philly, Philly with one. Philly, out. I am all in on the Phillies right now, man. I love the vibe this team is. That Reese Hoskins bat slam was amazing. I love that Bryce hit a moonshot to the next county. I think it's still in the Delaware River somewhere. And the fact of the matter is, it's just a hot team. They remind me a lot of like, you know, when the Giants were getting hot with Bumgarner. You have the Royals, the 015 Mets, where they just got hot out of nowhere. You got the the um, 18. Who's the hot? Oh, the Braves last year. And what makes me so happy about this, I love this about baseball, is that there's always that one hot team. If they can get past the first round, then it's dangerous. I would love a Cleveland versus Philadelphia World Series. That'd be fucking electric. There's Two no big team baseball. The Astros. What? See, here's there's the Astros. It's okay, though. Listen, the Astros, they choke in the ALCS. They do it all the time. This isn't, this isn't, our, this isn't the Astros of 2017 where they had, like, a murderer's row lineup. Yeah, they got Alvarez and Bregman and a couple other dudes. But listen, that Cleveland team, they're scrappy. They just win games. Give me Cleveland Philly if Cleveland wins. If if New York wins, give me um, Houston Philly. I have no faith in Aaron Boone against the the, the Astros. Nah, I'd love I love a New York Philly World Series like 09. I think that'd be electric. I so don't, I don't in general, have faith in Aaron Boone, especially in the playoffs. He's a completely different manager in a, in a, in a bad way. Um, so I don't really have a lot of faith in Aaron Boone. So if we make it past this series, I'm not really expecting. I would love, obviously, to be Houston. But I think Houston's a better team, and I don't trust. I trust Dusty Baker over Aaron Boone pretty much at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you look at the Astros, everyone's come become accustomed to, you know, the, the best offensive power in the in the game. Uh, and this year, it's been the total opposite. Uh, you know, the the starting pitching in the bullpen has been the best in the league uh, all year long. 
Uh, that's, you know, why they won on Saturday night. Uh, the bullpen, you know, carried them to a, to a win in, in a total snoozer. Uh, but, you know, yeah, I, I think the Astros, they, they've got a really good chance to win. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with the New York game tonight. But, um, yeah, I mean, total 180 for the, for the Astros with the pitching instead of the hitting. All righty. It's time for the Corner Booth Top 10. Let's go. Corner Booth Top 10 is brought to you by the Amazing People Eats Official.com. Promo code Corner Booth for 10% off for amazing sunglasses and all fit all styles and are polarized and Jared proof. I mean that. Um, here we go. Matthew, your top 10 favorite movies. You are given three honorable mentions, but I only went with two. Uh, my honorable mentions are in an interesting order, uh, league of their own original Rocky angels in the outfield. Um, I try to basing this list off of movies that I can watch on repeat and just not get tired of them. Um, so no one hit wonders on here for me. Um, so this is going to get, I'm just going to warn you guys. It's going to get weird. We're going to, we're going to get real sporty. We're going to get real mafia style. We're going to just get all over the place. Number 10 for me, it's not everybody's favorite, but it's one of my favorites. It's Moneyball. I love that movie. Um, I'm a sucker for some baseball movies. That's baseball is my first sport. Um, so I always have a soft spot for that one. So I love Moneyball and just, just going over the history of that team and what they went through and how they came back from adversity. Number nine, it's always Vontae Mack. Vontae Mack was always number one. We're going draft day at number nine. I can't get enough of that movie, especially that in movie. April and May around draft time. I got to watch that like six or seven times just to get into the mood. That but that is a that draft sequence, like the last like 20 minutes of the movie is amazing. Dude, that, that was a great movie. Um, number eight is when it starts to get weird. We have Step Brothers. That movie, my favorite story about that movie was that I was like 13 or 12 when it came out. And I brought my, like at the time, like my 70-year-old grandmother with me to watch it because I needed That's to have cool. a parent or guardian to bring me there because it was rated R. So imagine a seven-year-old woman having to sit through that Oh, my God. Movie. That's so funny. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> I didn't know, but it was great. Step Brothers, you are a new breed. Uh, number seven for me is the Bronx tale. Um, as an Italian American born and raised hundred percent, pretty much. Um, I love all those movies and I know Jared, you already know how my, my wife is black. So it just, you know, it's pretty much just the Bronx tale in real life for me, but that is also an underrated movie door for you, Matt. Nah, sometimes she'll just lock the door and not let me get in even better. She's definitely a keeper at that point. Yeah. Uh, number six, Remember the Titans. That is one movie that I can watch every single day if I really had to. I just love that fucking movie. Um, just start to finish from the adversity in the beginning to where everybody becomes family in the end. Uh, number five, uh, the Rocky movie where he fights the Russian after the Russian kills Apollo Four. in the ring. That was a that was one of, that was one of my favorite Rockies. Um, numbers four, Field of Dreams. That is a classic, and that is something that I watch numerous times a year. Uh, field of the Dreams is an amazing movie to me, and I love the fact that they play the games on the field now. Number three, this is where we're getting to the mafia, Goodfellas. Goodfellas is should be top five in a lot of categories to me, but Goodfellas, you're never going to get a movie like that just because half the cast pretty much died this year, which is insane. But fantastic fucking movie with Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta, um, every single person in that one. Number two, the original Godfather. Godfather number one. 
and followed number one, not not keeping the trilogy on it because, like we've talked about before, Godfather three was terrible. Godfather two is my number one. Fair enough. All right, I, like I have a couple in there as mine as well. I yeah, I, I would say there's a couple like good ones. I like I like all the football movies, but like. With me, it was weird. Like football, sports movies, I love, but I put the moments in the side category. There are three in my top ten, though. Or one is an honorable mention, and um, or technically three. I don't even know how. We'll just get rid of honorable mentions. Um, Indiana Jones and the Holy Grail. Uh, what is it? The Quest for the Holy Grail. What the fuck it's called? Um, that is my favorite one of the entire uh, trilogy of Indiana Jones movies. I do not recognize the aliens and the fuckers from the 2007 movie. It was entertaining, but it was a meme. Um, obviously, that movie—that movie is just the most complete Temple of Doom fucking blows. Um, number another honorable mention I have is the Gentleman. Uh, recent entry that was here. a great movie. Great movie. Matthew McConaughey, Colin Farrell as coach, Charlie Hunnam, and I, dude, like even um, Hugh Grant plays that writer perfectly. I love it. Um, Invincible. As an Eagles fan, if it's not in my honorable mentions, at least I should disown myself. Mm-hmm. That movie is just a great feel-good story, and I, I love it a lot. It's just the problem is it's really fucking cheesy. Um, but listen, Elizabeth Banks and Mark Wahlberg are both two of like my more favorite actor and actresses, so I, I like watching that one. All right, Adam Sandler coming in with my top 10 spot, number 10 spot. I got a tie between Happy Gilmore and Grown Ups. I love these are my two favorite Sandler movies. Waterboy just missed the top the honorable mentions. I love Grown Ups because I, me and my buddies, we quote that humor constantly. I literally make jokes from those two movies on the daily. And Happy Gilmore is literally like my favorite one of my favorite sports movies ever. And it's just it's a movie I could watch on repeat. Um, number nine, I go out west for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, the Fistful of Dollars trilogy is amazing, but I had to pick the final installment because that movie just is so paced so well. The soundtrack is incredible. It's the goat of spaghetti westerns. Number eight, speaking of westerns, Blazing Saddles. Me and my cousin Andrew will quote this movie daily regardless of how racist or offensive the lines are. It's hysterical because my super... Uptight liberal cousins do not understand the references and they think we're just being offensive and it makes it even funnier. Oh my god. And we not the not like the what the old grandma says to the to the sheriff at the beginning. I'm talking more like where like the white women at all those funny jokes from that, like Gene Wilder, and I can't remember the guy who puts the sheriff's name, they're both hysterical. Mel Brooks is a comedy genius. Um number seven is a tie, is my first of my three ties. It's Star Wars, it's Return of the Jedi, which is my favorite of the original trilogy, and The Force Awakens because it got me back into Star Wars after I was basically just, I just got grown out of it and wasn't loving it anymore, and it reaffirmed my love and obsession with it that I had as a child, because honestly to me, I like enjoy The Force Awakens more than I can watch The New Hope. But New Hope's great, but like I can watch The Force Awakens more. Maybe it's because I like looking at Daisy Ridley, but also I like grumpy old Han Solo. It's kind of funny to me. He's more enjoyable than Alec Guinness' Obi-Wan because I grew up with you and McGregor's Obi-Wan, which I liked better. Um, now we get to the comedies. Number six is Animal House. Once again, mm-hmm. another movie I quote way too much and it's a little disturbing. Um, 
and is one of my go-to comfort movies when I need a laugh. Uh, number five is uh, Caddyshack. Uh, I love that movie so much. Um, my dad showed it to me way before he was supposed to as a child. Um, hmm. I quote it, and me and my uncle quote it all the time on the golf course when we're playing. And it's just fun shit like that. And Rodney Dangerfield is my favorite character of a sports movie of all time. Speaking of sports movies, my last one, I we have back-to-back-to-back here, actually, we count Caddyshack as a sports movie. Remember the Titans is my favorite football movie. I quote it. I love the, 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 the acting. I love the, the story behind it. And that that scene about perfection, I quote that line all the time. Number three is my favorite boxing movie of all time, Creed. I stumbled upon this movie on, I think it was on HBO when I was going through a rough patch in my life. I was struggling with a lot of things. I watched this movie. I got a gas in my system. I worked out, lost 30 pounds, got out of a bad job. It was a bunch. It was, it holds a special part. Also, the soundtrack to that movie is absolutely fucking incredible. Um, number two, we have my Marvel tie. Thor Ragnarok, because you know, Thor's my favorite superhero. And Iron Man, the movie that got me into superhero movies again. Um, one other movie I left out of this, because I didn't know how to put it, was Dark Knight Rises. I guess I'll make that as a tie. All superhero movies get a tie, too. So Dark Knight Rises gets thrown in there, because I love that. I watch the movie all the time. And number one is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I could not pick one. Technically, Return of the King is my favorite, but I love all three of them so much. I can literally recite each movie by hand. I grew up with them from the age of like seven when they came out. I've seen them all at least seven or eight times at minimum. And I'm literally, my next tattoo is going to be something from Lord of the Rings right here. Like I love that movie series so much. So that's my top 10. Definitely a little more diverse and a little more out of there than uh, Matt's. Mason, what were your opinions on our top 10s before we get out of here tonight? Yeah, I mean, all the all the Mafia movies are great. Uh, Goodfellas is awesome. Um, Field of Dreams is definitely, you know, growing up playing baseball. Um, classic. Uh, Dark Knight Rises is, you know... Regardless of of whether or not you like superhero movies, is is a great movie just in general. Um, I thought the the new Batman was was very good, um, and so yeah, definitely some good ones in there. You know, it's so funny though. I always get mixed reactions from people because they're like, "Lord of the Rings, your favorite?" I'm like, "Yeah." Like, there's something about Lord of the Rings for me. It's like it was like because like my when I was a kid. Like that was like some of my, my, my mom used to, when I was going through, I had to go through like eye therapy and shit when I was younger. And like my mom used to read the actual book to me, like the actual like Tolkien novels that are like this fucking thick. I, the first big book I read was the Hobbit. Like I was trained on archery as a little kid and I was just pretend I was Legolas just ripping off arrows as fast as I could at a target. So to me, it was like kind of a different like kind of relationship with my family, and that's kind of why I, I'm actually excited. And listen, I love Rings of Power, and it kind of brought me back to my childhood a little bit. But I, Matt, my favorite part about yours was I loved like the Bronx Tale reference for you and Bianca. I thought that was kind of clever. <laughs> um, and then Remember the Titans is of course my favorite sports movie besides Creed because like I love that movie so much. I, you know, it's so funny. I need to rewatch my two other favorite sports movies. Uh, uh. Friday Night Lights and um, Any Given Sunday because I haven't seen either of them since I was in high school and I need to rewatch them again. 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. I knew what trilogy you were going to have in your top 10 as soon as you said um, Indiana Jones as one of the honorable mentions. I was like, it just like clicked in my head. I was like, oh, I freaking forgot this dude's a Lord of the Rings fanatic. But as soon as you went down that route, I was like, oh, I already know what it is. Like, to see how bad I am as a Lord of the Rings fan, folks, is my coworkers started watching the Rings of Power show. They like the movies. My parents love the movies. They watch them. I am such a Tolkien nerd. I've literally read like texts about it. I'm trying to read all the prequels and I like, I could probably get a, take a class and teach a class in this shit. Same thing with star Wars, um, Marvel and superheroes. I'm a little behind on, but Lord of the Rings is definitely King when it comes to me. But, uh, I'm, I'm definitely a nerd at heart who loves football. So that kind of explains my top 10 in a nutshell. But uh, yeah, there you go. Folks, uh, we're about to wrap it up here. Mason, anything to tell the folks before we sign off? Uh, No, sir. Had a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, great. Great start. We were happy to have you. I'm happy that Grayson reached out to me. It's good hearing from him. Uh, And uh, yeah, so uh, pray for my uh, fantasy team that Austin Eckler goes off. And uh, (laughs) we'll see you all Thursday for the corner booth pregame. No idea who the hell I'm bringing on because last week we had like six guys. It was fucking great. We had so many freaking guests. If it wasn't for Brad blowing our broadcast up midstream, it would have been great. Oh, man, that was great. <laughs> it's okay, Brad. We love you, even though your bears fucked me. Um, it's all good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you stopping by. Um, feel free to follow us on at Corner Booth Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. My man Matt's been slaying it on the TikTok. And I will actually try to make TikTok now that I may be having uh, certain things change in my daily procedures. Let's put it at that. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by, and we'll talk to you Thursday. Enjoy. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.